Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. A Christian businesswoman did a lot of traveling by air, and she always took her Bible with her, often reading it on the plane. One time she was sitting next to a man who gave a chuckle and went back to what he was doing when he saw her pull out her Bible. In a few minutes, he turned to her and asked, You don't really believe all that stuff in there, do you? She replied, Of course I do. It's the Bible. Well, what about that guy who was swallowed by the whale? Oh, Jonah, she said. Yes, I believe that. It's in the Bible. Well, how do you suppose he survived all that time inside the whale? He he asked, and she says, I don't really know. I guess when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. What if he isn't in heaven? The man replied, and she said, then you can ask him. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is our part of our journey together where we commit together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. And hey, happy Family Friday. Uh, and welcome new listeners. And since it's Family Friday, I thought I might be able to get away with a groaner of a dad joke. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for sharing with your friends. Thank you for those of you that provide financial support and help offset some of the costs. My friends, heaven and hell are important. We should live today in light of eternity because we've all got an eternal destiny. But today, I just want to draw your attention to our closing wisdom segment, which is an appeal to the Supreme Court. And I hope that gets your weekend started right. But first, in our New Testament segment, we wrap up our time with Paul in Greece. Acts chapter 18. After this, he left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself to the preaching of the word and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. When they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his clothes and told them, Your blood is on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord along with his whole household. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul in a night vision, Don't be afraid. But keep on speaking and don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to hurt you, because I have many people in this city. Paul stayed there a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, 
the Jews made a united attack against Paul and brought him to the tribunal. This man, they said, is persuading people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. As Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or of a serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to put up with you Jews. But if these are questions about your words, names, your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of such things. So he drove them from the tribunal, and they all seized Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But none of these things mattered to Gallio. After staying for some time, Paul said farewell to the brothers and sisters and sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. He shaved his head at Sencre because of a vow he had taken, and when they reached Ephesus, he left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and debated with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer time, he declined, but he said farewell and added, I'll come back to you again, if God wills. And then he set sail from Ephesus. On landing at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he set out, traveling through one place after another in the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. And that, my friends, gets us up through verse 23. And that kind of ends, well, one verse ago, ended the time in Greece, and verse 23 there kind of then extended that beyond and you might remember this uh the book of galatians is generally referred thought of as not being written to a church but to churches like in a region and now you understand why he went through the region of galatia strengthening all the disciples so there you go turning back to our old testament segment today we pick up in judges chapter 9 Abimelech's experiment with kingship, and I'm just going to let the text speak for itself. Here we go. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, remember that's Gideon. Abimelech, son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem and spoke to his uncles and to his mother's whole clan, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem. Is it better for you that seventy men, all sons of Jeroboam, rule over you, or that one man rule over you? Remember that I am your own flesh and blood. And I'll pause and just say, remember that Gideon said nobody should rule over them, not him or his sons. Remember that. His mother's relatives spoke all these words about him in the hearing of all the citizens of Shechem, and they were favorable to Abimelech, for they said, he's our brother. So they gave him 70 pieces of silver from the temple of Baal-berith, Abimelech used it to hire worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. He went to his father's house in Ophrah and killed his 70 brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, on top of a large stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, survived because he hid. Then all the citizens of Shechem and of Beth Milo gathered together and proceeded to make Abimelech king at the oak of the pillar in Shechem. When they told Jotham, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim, raised his voice, and called to them. All right, I'm going to pause just before we keep rolling here. Remember that when the Israelites crossed, in, were just crossing into the, the promised land, 
there were the blessings and curses of the covenant, right? And then at one point, there was this ceremony where the blessings were read out from the top of Mount Ebal. And what was read out from the top of Mount Gerizim? There you go. And just if you care, this is in what is now modern-day Palestine. So this next section, which is Joshua shouting to them from the top of Mount Gerizim, is kind of in a poetic form. Here we go. He called, he raised his voice and called to them. Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, and may God listen to you. The trees decided to anoint a king over themselves, and they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I stop giving my oil that people use to honor both God and men to rule over the trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Should I stop giving my sweetness and my good fruit to rule over trees? Later, the trees said to the grapevine, Come and reign over us. But the grapevine said to them, Should I stop giving my wine that cheers both God and man and rule over trees? Finally, all the trees said to the bramble, Come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If you really are anointing me as king over you, come and find refuge in my shade. But if not, may fire come out from the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Now, if you have acted faithfully and honestly in making Abimelech king, if you have done well by Jeroboam and his family, and if you have rewarded him appropriately for what he did, for my father fought for you, risked his life, and rescued you from Midian, and now you have attacked my father's family today, killed his 70 sons on the top of a large stone, and made Abimelech the son of his slave woman king over the citizens of Shechem because he is your brother. So if you have acted faithfully and honestly with Jeroboam and his house today rejoice in abimelech and may he rejoice in you but if not may fire come from abimelech and consume the citizens of shechem and beth milo and may fire come from the citizens of shechem and beth milo and consume abimelech and then jotham fled escaping to bear because there and lived there because of his brother abimelech When Abimelech had ruled over Israel three years, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the citizens of Shechem. They treated Abimelech deceitfully so that the crime against the 70 sons of Jeroboam might come to justice and their blood would be avenged on their brother Abimelech who killed them and on the citizens of Shechem who had helped him kill his brothers. The citizens of Shechem rebelled against him by putting men in ambush on tops of the mountains and they robbed everyone who passed by them on the road. So this was reported to Abimelech. Gaal, son of Abed, came with his brothers and crossed into Shechem, and the citizens of Shechem trusted him. So they went out to the countryside and harvested grapes from their vineyards. They trampled the grapes and held a celebration. Then they went to the house of their god, and as they ate and drank, they cursed Abimelech. Gaal, son of Abed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Isn't he the son of Jeroboam, and isn't Zebul his officer? You are to serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. Why should we serve Abimelech? If only these people were in my power, I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, Gather your army and come out. When Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaal, son of Ebed, he was angry. So he secretly sent messengers to Abimelech, saying, Beware, Gaal, son of Ebed, and his brothers have come to Shechem and are turning the city against you. 
Now tonight you and the troops with you come and wait in ambush in the countryside. Then get up early and at sunrise attack the city. When he and the troops who are with him come out against you, do to him whatever you can. So Abimelech and all the troops with him got up at night and waited in ambush for Shechem in four units. Gaal son of Ebed went out and stood at the entrance to the city gate. And then Abimelech and the troops who were with him got up from their ambush. When Gaal saw the troops, he said to Zebul, Look, troops are coming down from the mountaintops. But Zebul said to him, oh, The shadows of the mountains look like men to you. Then Gaal spoke again, Look, troops are coming down from the central part of the land, and one unit is coming from the direction of the diviner's oak. And Zebul replied, What do you have to say now? You said, Who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Aren't these the troops you despised? Now go and fight them. So Gaal went out and took the leading citizens of Shechem and fought against Abimelech. But Abimelech pursued him, and Gaal fled before him. Numerous bodies were strewn as far as the entrance of the city gate. Abimelech stayed in Arumah, and Zebul drove Gaal and his brothers from Shechem. The next day, when the people of Shechem went into the countryside, this was reported to Abimelech. He took his troops, divided them into three companies, and waited in ambush in the, in the countryside, and he looked and the people were coming out of the city. So he rose against them and struck them down. Then Abimelech and the units that were with him rushed forward and took their stand at the entrance of the city gate, and the other two units rushed against all who were in the countryside and struck them down. So Abimelech fought against the city that entire day, captured it, and killed the people who were in it. Then he tore down the city and sowed it with salt. When all the citizens of the tower of Shechem heard, they entered the inner chamber of the temple of el Berith. Then it was reported to Abimelech that all the citizens of the tower of Shechem had gathered. So Abimelech and all the troops who were with him went up to Mount Zalman, and Abimelech took his axe in his hand and cut a branch from the trees. He picked up the branch, put it on his shoulders, and said to the troops who were with him, Hurry, and do what you have seen me do. Each of the troops also cut down his own branch and followed Abimelech. They put the branches against the inner chamber and set it on fire. About a thousand men and women died, including all the men of the Tower of Shechem. Abimelech went to Thebes, camped against it, and captured it. There was a strong tower inside the city, and all the men, women, and citizens of the city fled there. They locked themselves in and went up to the roof of the tower, and when Abimelech came to attack the tower, he approached its entrance to set it on fire. But a woman threw the upper portion of a millstone on Abimelech's head and fractured his skull. He quickly called his armor-bearer and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, or they'll say about me, a woman killed him. So his armor-bearer ran him through, and he died. And when the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they all went home. In this way, God brought back Abimelech's evil, the evil that Abimelech had done to his father when he killed his 70 brothers. And God also brought back to the men of Shechem all their evil. So the curse of Jotham, son of Jeroboam, came upon them. Abimelech, after Abimelech, Tola, son of Pua, son of Dodo, became judge and began to deliver Israel. He was from Issachar and lived in Shamir in the hill country of Ephraim. Tola judged Israel 23 years, and when he died, was buried in Shamir. 
After him came Jair the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They had 30 towns in Gilead, which are still called Jair's villages today. And when Jair died, he was buried in Kamon. And that gets us up through chapter 10, verse 5. And then, of course, you know what the very next line is. Then all the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. There's your spoiler alert when we come back around to this tomorrow. But we're going to wrap up here today with um, a wisdom segment, which is a prayer of David. It's a prayer for protection. And so uh, that's what I meant by an appeal to the Supreme Court. I just pray that this is something that touches your heart and um, that becomes a prayer of your heart. Uh, We need wisdom and courage to be bold and to speak the truth. Psalm 17. Lord, hear a just cause. Pay attention to my cry. Listen to my prayer from lips free of deceit. Let my vindication come from you, for you see what is right. You have tested my heart. You have examined me at night. You have tried me and found nothing evil. I have determined that my mouth will not sin. Concerning what people do, by the words from your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps are on your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, because you will answer me. Listen closely to me. Hear what I say. Display the wonders of your faithful love, Savior of all who seek refuge from those who rebel against your right hand. Protect me as the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who treat me violently, from my deadly enemies who surround me. They are uncaring. Their mouths speak arrogantly. They advance against me, and now they surround me. They are determined to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, Lord. Confront him. Bring him down. With your sword, save me from the wicked. With your hand, Lord, save me from men, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their bellies with what you have in store. Their sons are satisfied, and they leave their surplus to their children. But I, I will seek your face in righteousness. When I awake, I will be satisfied with your presence. Uh, Lord my God, I just pray that that is our prayer today. Lord, in times of peace or times of war, we see very clearly that we have not been progressing toward some utopia, but that the hearts of people are still filled with wickedness. Wickedness that you've forgiven us from, Lord, wickedness that you desire to forgive them of, Lord, if only they would turn to you. Lord, thank you that your heart is for all people. Thank you that you are patient and kind. Lord, thank you that ultimate justice will come. 
And Lord, I pray that each person listening to this right here will just sense your mission, join you on your mission. And Lord, that your hand of protection and wisdom will be on them. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.